0: Welcome to Southgate Vibes, a selection of the latest stories direct from Southgate Amateur Radio News. I'm Steve Richards, Gulf 4 Hotel Papa Echo. You're going to hear my personal picks of what is happening in amateur radio and the wider world of communications. Whether you're just starting out in ham radio, or an experienced operator spinning around the spectrum for those rare and sometimes strange signals. I hope you'll find something to entertain you here. Welcome to Southgate Vibes. Here we go again with Southgate Vibes, podcast number 178. Hello to you. Are you managing to keep cool in this heat that we're currently experiencing? I was looking at my main doublet antenna just now, and good heavens how it's sagged in the heat, I assume because the wire has expanded. Maybe you've gone all droopy too in your antenna farm. But don't be tempted to tighten that antenna system too much just to give it a bit of extra height. You're unlikely to see any improvement in signal strength anyway, but more dangerously, when it gets much colder, as it inevitably will do, you stand the risk of your wire snapping, because it's under too much strain due to contraction. OK, lots to tell you about this time, so let's get cracking. There is a brilliant festival about to take place in Aira, which is a fun event that also brings together all the creative minds of Ireland and beyond to showcase what they've been making and encourage others to take up hobbies and careers in design and manufacture. The South Dublin Radio Club will be at the Dublin Maker Festival, Merrion Square, Dublin, on Saturday the 23rd of July. Dublin Maker is a free-to-attend, family-friendly, community-run event that celebrates the inventiveness, creativity and resourcefulness of the Maker movement. It's a place where people show what they're making and share what they're learning. There will be 100 makers at the event, ranging from tech enthusiasts, crafters, educators, tinkerers, hobbyists, engineers, artists, science clubs, students, authors and commercial exhibitors. They are of all ages and backgrounds, coming from all over Ireland and beyond. The Dublin Maker mission is to entertain, inform and connect the makers of Ireland, while inspiring the next generation of Ireland's makers and inventors. In keeping with the maker ethos, South Dublin Radio Club will demonstrate the knowledge and skills that can be learned through amateur radio, by showcasing various projects and equipment. The exhibit will feature HF and VHF stations operating for the duration of the festival, demonstrating all modes of communication. This will include a digital mobile radio, hands know this simply as DMR, which was home built and based on a Raspberry Pi. There will also be a Tiny GS ground station on show. Tiny GS is an open network of ground stations distributed around the world to receive and operate what are known as LORA satellites weather probes, and other flying objects. LoRa is a low-range, low-power radio platform. To give visitors a chance to give Morse Code a go, South Dublin Radio Club will bring Morse keys and oscillators. A software-defined radio waterfall will be running on a screen to be used as a visual aid to explain radio communications to visitors. And there will be various projects made by club members, from simple AM receivers to Arduino and Raspberry Pi-based projects and more. Dublin Maker takes place in a carnival atmosphere and is for all ages. There will be live music, food stalls and toilet facilities on site. Entry is free. Dublin Maker runs from 10am to 6pm Saturday the 23rd of July at Merrion Square, Dublin City. You can find more information about the festival online at dublinmaker.ie or by following the festival on Twitter at Dublin Maker. Alternatively, you can find more information on South Dublin Radio Club's involvement by visiting the club website, southdublinradioclub.ie, or you can keep tabs on the club's experience at Dublin Maker via Twitter at SDR Radio Club. It's never good to hear that the amateur radio population of a country has fallen into decline. We heard about this from Japan a year or two ago, but it seems they've managed to turn the tide. But while Radio Ham numbers in the UK and the USA have been healthily rising of late, the same cannot be said of Australia. The Wireless Institute of Australia News carried an update from their secretary Peter Cleve Victor Kilo 8 Zulu Zulu recently, which notes that Australia has seen a decline in new amateur radio licences. The monthly meeting of the board of the WIA was recently held. And at that meeting, it was confirmed that the WIA had placed an order for a fresh batch of foundation manuals to replenish the current stock, which was down to less than 20 manuals and is expected to be totally depleted very soon. The new foundation manual has been updated and contains a wealth of information for prospective amateurs. The Board was also keen to see the updated Foundation Manual introduced as there had been a decline in the number of amateur radio examinations and subsequent licences issued in the last few years. This is in direct contrast to an increase in the numbers of new amateurs in both the USA and the UK, which saw a significant improvement in numbers, especially during the last two years. The Board of the WIA are working with other internationally recognised national amateur radio organisations to improve the acceptance of Australian licensed amateur operators and to expedite acceptance of applications for temporary reciprocal licences by Australian operators visiting overseas destinations. The Board also reviewed a report on the progress of the preparations for the World Radio Conference to be held in 2023. There have been a number of virtual preparatory meetings leading up to WRC23 in which the WIA has had active participation. The World Radio Conference is held under the auspices of the International Telecommunications Union every three or four years and sets all of the international radio regulations and ratifies banned usage for the entire spectrum for all countries. The amateur service is represented at the WRC by the International Amateur Radio Union, and the Wireless Institute of Australia acts as the principal body for the amateur radio service in Australia. There's more at www.wia.org.au. You're listening to Southgate Vibes with me, Steve, G4 Hotel Papa Echo. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a comment or a question, pop us over an email. Our address is vibes at southgatearc.org. That's vibes at southgatearc.org. You never know, we might feature your message in a future edition. If you're like many people at the moment, there's a lot of interest in electric vehicles and governments are using sticks and carrots, well, mostly sticks to be honest, at least in the UK, to tempt motorists to move over to electric vehicles by pledging to make it very hard to continue with petrol and diesel cars into the mid-future. It's not the place of a telecommunications podcast like this to start going into the whys and wherefores of how whole countries will make the shift over to electric vehicles, especially if the infrastructure to support them drags behind as it currently appears to be doing. But guess what? The march to flex your green credentials may leave you with radio problems. It turns out that electric cars cause a lot of interference to AM radio compared to petrol and diesel models. And while some manufacturers are attempting to deal with this problem, others aren't bothering, choosing instead to withdraw AM radios from their electric models. Well, I say radio hams beware. If electric vehicles are generating a ton of electromagnetic interference, you can kiss goodbye to mobile amateur radio. Radio World magazine reports that the electromagnetic interference generated by electric vehicles is causing some EV automakers to drop AM radio, that's long and medium wave radio, from their vehicles. Some EV automakers are dropping AM altogether due to audio quality concerns, but that's just one piece of the puzzle as radio continues to fight for space on the dash. In a guest commentary for Radio World magazine, Pooja Nair, communications systems engineer with Xperi Corporation, said that as car makers increasingly offer electric vehicles in their product lists, the availability of AM radio to consumers is declining. And this is because the effects of electromagnetic interference are more pronounced in electric vehicles than in vehicles with internal combustion engines. In other words, electromagnetic frequencies generated by EV motors occupy the same wavelength as AM radio signals. The competing signals clash, causing unacceptable levels of interference. As EV motors grow more powerful, the resulting AM static tends to increase. Poo called on makers of electric vehicles to devote sufficient resources to mitigating electromagnetic interference. She said that although the character and severity of this interference can be difficult to model and predict, it is clearly more disruptive to AM radio reception than in conventional petrol or diesel vehicles, often causing annoying static and limited coverage. Presumably to avoid difficulties with customers, some EV manufacturers have begun removing AM radios, but not FM radios, from their vehicles. Nair went on to say that electromagnetic interference can be suppressed in electric vehicles using well-known mitigation techniques, such as shielding cables and electric motors, installing filters, and carefully locating electrical components within the vehicle. Within the receivers themselves, interference can be limited by isolating and shielding antenna and RF sections, filtering connections and carefully grounding and placing receiver components. EV manufacturers that have successfully controlled the interference using these methods continue to provide AM radio services in their vehicles. You can read the full article at www.radioworld.com. A few days ago, I was watching an episode of a spy series called The Undeclared War, which has recently been released by Channel 4 in the UK. I was interested to note that in one scene, an old spy took a young new recruit to see his radio room at home, which was full of very recognisable old receivers. Out of the loudspeaker was coming some Morse code, which was obviously amateur radio in origin. I could read it. Morse, or CW standing for Continuous Wave, has often appeared in films. Sometimes the code is utter gibberish, but in the classier productions, the Morse can be read as plain text, and often adds to the interest for radio nutters like me. And now, Morse has popped up again in a new feature film. Lawrence Golf Mike 4 Delta Mike Alpha has been in touch to tell us that the recently released and much acclaimed biographical film Explorer of Sir Ranulph Fine's life has a fair number of clips of HF radio operations. HF comms were a mainstay of many of the expeditions from the early 1970s through to the 2000s and many of the contacts were with Fine's late wife Ginny and Lawrence Golf Mike 4 Delta Mike Alpha who is now Kilo Lima 7 Lima. During the expeditions, amateur radio operations took place, including successful 144 and 50 MHz high-latitude, auroral and sporadic E-layer propagation experimentation. The trailer for the film has a short CW message to be decoded. The film is being shown at selected cinemas in the UK and will be available via other methods in August. Just go to www.explorer-movie.com. Well, that's it for this time. You've been listening to Southgate Vibes, stories about amateur radio and the world of communications from Southgate Amateur Radio News. You can find these stories and many more daily reports at our website, southgatearc.org. Don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by sending an email to vibes at southgatearc.org. So until next time... This is Steve Richards, G4 Hotel Papa Echo, signing off and wishing you best 7-3.